One, twenty-second February, eighteen ninety-seven. I am home at last in Baker Street. For the first time in more than a week, I find myself well enough to take pen in hand, though my thoughts, I fear, lack the coherence Watson has convinced a gullible public is my unalterable habit. I have persuaded the good man to take advantage of the mild weather and go out for the evening. I believe the break will be beneficial to us both. Worthy soul though he is, his solicitude becomes tiring after a time, and I am fatigued with continually pretending myself better than I feel. Now I have a few hours alone, I must try to put my thoughts in order. Alas, I can think of no better way of proceeding than to begin the tale at the beginning, or as near to it as I can get. It is at just such moments my respect for Watson is elevated. He has an extraordinary talent for making the recitation of events seem compelling, and for knowing what details are extraneous to the narrative. As an aide memoir, I shall review the weeks before my assault. Why is it so hard to think? Damnation! This state of addled wits must be how other people feel all the time, poor beggars. Well, I recall that the beginning of the year was filled with a myriad of cases, great and small, primarily the latter. On February 15th, I was consulted on the curious death of Sir Eustace Brackenstall at Abbey Grange, which I resolved to my own satisfaction at least. Then there was the mystery of the Appleby burglar, the bizarre matter of the screaming nun, the recovery of Lady Stanthorpe's diamonds. For the most part, these were cases that seemed interesting initially, but whose explanations were ultimately revealed as banal. Too much of such trivia had made me restive, and I must own, quarrelsome. So, just a week ago, recognizing my need for the quiet of the syringe, from which I had only recently and most reluctantly been weaned, Watson suggested a walk in the good fresh air might be more conducive to my health and my mood. I attempted to remonstrate. The weather that evening was hardly congenial, and more to the point, I resented being managed. "'Go to the Diogenes Club,' my friend suggested. "'Go visit your brother. Do please, Holmes. It's been some time since you saw him. It was obvious remaining at home would not be tranquil, so I agreed. I took a hansom from Baker Street, and within a moment observed another vehicle follow. The cab maintained a discreet distance, however, and turned left towards Haymarket, where we turned right towards the club. I paid the driver and stood on the steps of the Diogenes for a moment.' but my shadow had vanished. It was bitterly cold, and I did not linger. Did I feel uneasy? I cannot recall. As is so often the case, despite my initial misgivings, I found the evening to be most enjoyable. Mycroft was pleased to see me, and entertained me with his conversation at his table. We enjoyed an excellent bottle of claret and a dish of oysters. It was a welcome respite, and I was forced to admit Watson's suggestion had been an excellent one. It was almost midnight when I left, and despite the inclement weather, I decided to walk back to Baker Street. I had eaten and drunk rather more than is my custom, and I determined that the walk would clear my mind. The entire length of Pall Mall was deserted as far as I could see, and I decided that anyone foolhardy enough to wait for me to finish my most excellent meal would be frozen solid by now. As I have done so many times, I walked through St. James's Square. The paths were deserted in respect of the hour and the frigid temperature. I was within sight of Duke of York Street when a bold, tattooed creature sprang out from behind the trees and leapt upon me. I felt the knife before I saw it. It entered between my ribs, and the sharp pain made me cry out. 
I hit hard with my cane and caught the villain just beneath the right jaw. He screamed and fell backwards. I gasped, trying to catch my breath. The man raised his blade to strike again. There was a sudden cry, and a youth flung himself upon my assailant. I sank to my knees and fought the pain and nausea. If the villain decided to fight, the boy would stand no chance. Fortunately, however, he turned and ran. My rescuer came at once to my side. "'Are you hurt, Mr. Holmes?' he asked. I shook my head and struggled to speak. "'Knife!' I gasped. "'Chest! I'll get you to hospital!' "'No,' I said. "'Too risky. Biker Street!' "'No, I cannot risk bringing harm to my friends.' I gave him instead an address on German Street.'